Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Brent, and summer has finally arrived. This is Nick, and I am absolutely one who knows that there is, in fact, no rest for the wicked, or Kyle. And uh, this is Kyle. I'm on a boat, and it's going approximately 20 knots. And uh, this is, if I may, episode five. Let's go. All right, so uh, if I First may... First off, I guess let's... Oh, go ahead. If I may, could, could you uh, explain why you're on a boat? Fill us in, please. Yeah, so I'm currently on my honeymoon uh, with my wife, who is attempting to sleep on the bed next to me, because it is uh, 3.30 in the morning for us right now. And uh, yeah, I'm on a boat, because uh, that's how cruises work. Uh, having a good time. Uh, we uh, showed up in Rome. We did that for a couple days, and then we jumped on the cruise. Uh well, yesterday for me, today for you guys, uh, we stopped at Santorini. Uh, it's a small island off the coast of Greece, and it was pretty cool. Uh, I definitely, uh, we didn't really plan to do any excursions there, and we're glad we didn't because it wasn't, it was one of those things where the entire island, it's like, I, I get it. It only took like one hour or two hours for me to understand everything the island potentially had to offer. Um it, it's got a lot of white buildings with uh, blue rooftops and that, that's, that's its thing. Otherwise it's just a huge that's tourist good. thing where you're lots of shops. So um, and the, the shops tomorrow we're talking, uh, we, we bought uh, my mom a, uh, something which I can't reveal cause she apparently listens to the podcast now uh, as right. well as Brent's mom. But uh, yeah, we bought my mom a something and uh, we also got a plan for what we're going to potentially buy my two brothers at some point in time, uh, most likely in Athens. But uh, yeah, it was just mainly shops, but it was, it was fun. Uh, but I'm glad we didn't if really I do may. any excursions. Cause if, yeah, if I may, sir, um, I, I would like to credit your, your dedication to this channel. Uh, if I were on my honeymoon and I would have suggested uh, something such as this, I, I guarantee the answer would have been no uh, by not only my fiance, uh, but also myself, admittedly, uh, you are quite the, the dedicated individual, and I, I do appreciate that. That's that's above and beyond, and, and is duly noted, sir. If I may, Nick, you should have the opportunity yeah. to prove yourself in the coming year, I'm sure, as you're on your own honeymoon, or just schedule it from Wednesday to Monday. That could also work for honeymoon. <laughs> you have if, a very small scheduling a future honeymoon based on the if i may podcast oh. uh, much as i much as oh. I, uh, I i take this to heart uh, that, that that will not be happening good effort though so so kyle is podcast mvp i think we've decided oh, oh far far away and above yes yes and i'm glad to hear that you guys will be helping split the cost of internet for me for this podcast <laughs> how much are we talking i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> so uh, 24 hours one device is like 30 bucks okay we can make that gosh, happen we could do that so <laughs> I'm just kidding it's fine we have vouchers right. actually so it's that's pretty that's pretty good so go ahead Brent. on your trip you you toured Rome I know and sent us some some fun videos I I'm thinking should that be edited into the the podcast itself give a little live look into what it's like to be on the streets of Rome in this day and age, or 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 not? I think that would. Be um, I yeah, I think I might. Have... Not all of it, just the 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 good parts. And I feel like we've lost Kyle. Let's say cut out there. Let's give him a second or two. Well, we may have lost Kyle, unfortunately. Uh, the show must go on. If we can reconnect, we'll. Uh... We'll get him. He is, in fact, on the other side of the planet, for the most part, uh, on a boat, as we understand it. Um, in the interim, shall we proceed to perhaps your topic or mine? Yeah, no, I'll, I'll go for it. Um, so, moved to Seattle. I think we're on week two now. It's been going incredibly well so far. Um, but one thing I've just kind of been thinking about and noticing is you make a move um, especially if you go to a different state, as I'm sure you know, and Kyle will soon find out. But you make a move, and there's a lot of big things you think about, like you have to move all of your things, and and you know you get a new job, you have to do all that kind of thing. But but I think one thing I've started to notice is that there's a lot of little changes 
that just keep kind of popping up and I, I start noticing that I never really expected um, getting things like a new driver's license. That was, it's kind of like, you know, it's not that big, but all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, like I'm, I have a new driver's license. That's pretty nifty. Um, or like the commute, you know, I went to work the same way every day for the last year and now all of a sudden it's a whole new kind of set of routine that I have to find or even finding a new grocery store. So I think it, it's been interesting kind of stepping back a little bit from this whole big move and think like, well, actually my whole regular life, like my little stuff is all changing too. It's, it's kind of nifty. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's a I mean, lot that- oh, he lives. You bet. I don't know, I'm back. This uh, great internet. Um, one thing that I'm kind of thinking, yeah, is like getting your people. Like you got to get a guy for your stuff. Like ideally, for whenever you need your car fixed, you got a guy for that. Anyway. Slavery is wrong. <laughs> it's not what he meant. That's not what he meant. We don't condone that. Yeah, you got to get your first. Yeah. I'm I'm appalled. <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah, you you need a guy to fix your car. You need a guy for your haircut, or you know, or girl, whatever. But you, you need to get your people all set up. No, we're to your area. We'll have- You could have a guy to your haircut or a girl. It doesn't matter. But you have to have that person. You know, you have to find you. I I agree, and and I it's it's kind of interesting because I feel like I'm starting a new, like I I'm getting into a new routine, and it's been great. Like all of a sudden, I've turned into a morning person. It helps when you go two hours back in the past, it seems like, with this time zone. So if it was 8 o'clock, you know, central time where I was used to, now I'm waking up at 6. And I was like, that that feels great. Um, so that, that's been kind of it, too, is I have, I have this chance to kind of create a new routine. But, you know, it's it's a little bit of a process doing that. You've done it before, though, correct? I mean, you've yeah. been in the same time zone, but you've... You've lived up near the uh, the boundary waters. You've moved around for college, and every one of those comes with with changes. Uh, I guess I, you obviously didn't always have to change your driver's license or make long term what I'll call relatively big commitments like that. But the finding the grocery store, the figuring out what you do with your routine, the waking up and going to work or going to uh, whatever it is that you've always done, um, yeah, it's it's unique. But it's I guess. With the little bit of moving I've done, I don't enjoy it. Um, I, I think that's why one of the reasons we are looking into a more permanent option for uh, Megan and I. But um, the picking up and moving, even if it's in the same city, um, I do know that the feeling of, of being unsettled and not having things figured out. Um, and Megan thinks it's ridiculous that I, I'm you know, not settled after having been somewhere for the first couple months. And it's like, well, no, I, I, I like to be really settled like knowing that it's just a mental state of of knowing that i'm going to be in one place that i i go play basketball at the same gym uh, you know certain mornings that i yeah have the grocery store i think that's a great example um you know that that loyalty to oh yeah that's where i go i always go to cub or i always go to aldi right uh in in appleton it was always you always go to cops um Oh yeah. Those, those little things, they, they add up and you kind of have to figure out your, your new routine. And uh, you're fortunate, I think, uh, in the sense that you're going to be there for a number of years, which um, would be a little bit better in my mind than the year to year lifestyle that a, a number of our friends have over here. And they've been, you know, I think stationary for maybe coming up on more than a year now. I, I think uh, they've renewed a lease or two, which um, was was relatively new. You know, staying in one place, but um, I guess it's it's interesting because some people are perfectly comfortable as long as they're in the same city. I, I you know, being born and raised in the same city, uh, I left for college and didn't really have a problem. But that was always kind of a, a glorified vacation in a lot of ways. Um, I guess I learned some stuff too, or or whatever, but. Um, <laughs> um, you know, I always knew I was coming back to the Appleton uh, area, and that is is where I'm familiar. That's where I have connections. I played basketball with the same group uh, every morning since I was 16. Uh, that I was essentially raised into as a as a young man. So, um, still still know a lot of those guys. Still have those connections, and to to form new groups is tough. But I, I do actually have that now. I have uh, a group um, of individuals I play morning basketball with on. Uh, 
Tuesday, Thursdays, and Fridays at 5.30 in the morning. And um, it was really cool to find that. That was a big step for me. Um, and, I, and I found a different group when I was in St. Paul, but um, it wasn't it wasn't the same. They were more competitive, certainly not more talented. But um, <laughs> if they didn't win, they got very upset. So, um, uh, no, all right, it's, so it's, cool, it's cool to see all those little changes. So if I may, so your, your thing was, I, I think there's always kind of one thing to like one set of your routine that once you kind of get that switched over and, and you find that, then it, it helps you feel a lot more at home. And I think in your case, I was finding your basketball group. Um, what I'm kind of finding is I've gotten a lot of like just getting into a running routine. I used to run at night when it was cooler because Wisconsin gets super hot. Uh, and I was just like, well, I don't want to run at night in Seattle. So even just waking up early, going for a quick run has just been like something that's like, it's part of my routine. And I, I kind of like, I found it and I've been able to ground myself in it. Uh, Kyle, this is for you. When you move to where you are now, or maybe when you're moving, what is, what is the thing that when you have that figured out, you're, you know, you're kind of there, you know, you're settled in. As long as I have internet, I'm good. <laughs> the one constant. <laughs> no, I live on a question. boat now. Um, I live on a boat now. <laughs> There's internet here. <laughs> yep, yep, I'm officially living here. I'm home. Um, I, th- I think the main thing will just be the routine. You know, like having that routine where it's like, okay, Tuesday, uh, Thursday is my whatever day. Like, you know getting into a, a routine kind of like Nick was saying with his basketball. I think Nick, you just do the basketball once or twice a week now, but I know you're always like, Hey, I need to get to bed early tonight because basketball's tomorrow morning. I think it's getting to that routine where it's like, yep. I like, I know coming up next. I mean, humans in general are creatures of habits. So I think once you get to that routine where it's like, what I want to do next, uh, I already know because it's this day and that's, that's what I like to do on this day. You know, obviously you, you switch it up every now and then, but, and I think it's also when you kind of know the area where it's like, oh, let's go shopping. Okay, I know exactly where to go. If I may, uh, on the on the subject of knowing the area, I found out literally tonight after having been in this house for coming up on uh, 10 months that there is a Target or a Super Target. Like it, there's Walmart Super Center, which has like everything. And Target has like Super Target, which is like a Target Super Center, um, which I didn't know Target was so big until I moved to uh, Minnesota. Like there were Targets in Wisconsin, but not anywhere near as many as in Minnesota. But uh, there is a, a Super Target that is between my house and 694, which is not far. And I literally had no idea that it was tucked back there uh, until today. If I may, I, I, did, I did a Google search and found the nearest target. And I'm like, are you kidding me? If I may, I think I've driven by that multiple times. So you must knock it out very often. That's definitely like right there. That's it's the direction I don't go because my office is in the other direction. And if I go to Aldi or somewhere else to get groceries, I never actually go. I never go in between the two 694 exits. I either go along central or 47 and I, i've never been in between the two at the highway uh, i've i've literally looked in that direction and seen um i say literally too much i gotta worry about my speech for my interview uh tomorrow so i'm, I'm critiquing my own speech as i make it but Good there's the uh restaurant embers that's in between central and target and i've looked at that restaurant a hundred times uh not that i'm all that interested in going but I've looked at that restaurant a hundred times and never wondered what was past it. There's a whole super target there, evidently. <laughs> Just a hiding, hiding target. Yeah. How do you hide a super target? It's, it's monstrous. But so evidently so, that's how. So in Seattle this week, we went to Target to pick up some of the essentials because Target has pretty much everything you could ever want. Maybe not the best quality, but it has it. Uh, and the Target here, at least the one that we went to, has two stories. It's like two targets on like a target and then there's another target on top of it. It was crazy. It was awesome. Well, evidently target doesn't have pop filters. So, uh, fun fact. Yeah. Things you learn. All right, Nick, what's going on in your life? What's happening? Jump into mine. What was, what was Kyle saying? I'm proud of you for looking, Nick. Yeah, I, I tried. I needed to pick up an energy drink for that uh, interview. It's, 
I'm doing a dry run at like 8 a.m. And then I have a uh, the actual interview at like 930. Right. So um, that'll be that'll be an adventure. But I wanted uh, want a little kick in the pants for tomorrow morning. To make sure I'm awake, bright eyed and bushy tailed. If but, I may, uh, that would be a horrible life decision for me. I think anytime I've had an energy drink, it's been, oh my God, it's an energy. Like, I just get wired. So good luck with that. I, I, Kyle can attest to that. I think he fed me my first water or first one. And I literally couldn't blink because I was that just jacked up on energy drink. So you're not supposed to have the whole thing. You're supposed to have a little bit. Are you not supposed to chug it? Oh. Going to that story after Nick's life update. That's a pretty good one. All right. You can tell it. You can tell it. All right, go ahead, Nick. So the life update can can actually be a number of things. Um, the the generic topic I, I had selected initially was uh, millennials did it again. But uh, as fun as that topic would be, I think I should save that for another time. The uh, topic that kind of crossed my mind between when I wrote that down and when we actually started was uh, the Copper Country. I'm not sure if uh, any of you guys saw with the Facebook posts that I shared, um, Houghton got hit with uh some massive rainstorms this last weekend and the the damage was was pretty incredible frankly there were more than 60 uh reported washouts and uh, sinkholes with respect to the damage from the rain evidently certain areas were hit with between six and eight inches of water in a period of uh, just a couple hours overnight, and um, if you get a chance to look at the pictures, they're they're pretty incredible. Uh, a main street uh, that actually Megan lived on, evidently, uh, Agate was entirely washed out. Um, the, the road completely destroyed. Uh, the dirt underneath the road washed down the the hill, and the the sewers that were evidently recently put in were were exposed, which is. Um, a bit hilarious, frankly, but the roads were destroyed, sinkholes everywhere. Um, it's Michigan Tech, so of course there's a, a bunch of nerds with drones taking footage, which turned out amazing. Uh, I wish I could see all the footage of, of all the individuals who, um, you know, posted, but I can only get the ones that uh, my family and/or friends are, are connected to or share and like. So um, a lot, of, a lot of great footage uh, overlooking the. The damage, uh, no fatalities that I'm aware of, uh, which is very fortunate. I think we only saw one car that got swept into uh, off the road that was falling apart and into a, a low area. Um, uh, presumably, the individual got out at some point and and survived and, and didn't have a huge issue. Uh, the car, of course, was um, totaled, uh, buried in. Uh, sand and mud and water so um, there was some really cool footage but uh, the the damage was absolutely crazy roads washed away uh, I believe that the Taco Bell um, and near Walmart and that around m26 there's all those different businesses there's an insurance agency there's a Taco Bell and these are all featured in the, the drone footage on the on the Facebook profile um, or on my Facebook profile picture or not picture uh, video that I posted, whatever. Um, the whole area was was essentially washed away. People were saying that there was a a valley up the hill that they had you know hiked a couple times and um, it was just an empty ravine. There wasn't ever any water in it, but because so much got dumped so quickly, it turned into a river and, and that river um, you know flowed down the hill and they ended up taking out, uh, huge sections of, of parking lots. I think uh, the buildings managed to um, not fall in. I don't understand the <clears throat> construction. I was talking with Megan about it and she was saying that under buildings, the ground is much more heavily packed down uh, and would therefore not erode as quickly as, as other areas. Um, but there's an insurance agency building that's hanging off of um, the edge of, of a washed out area, the Taco Bell um, parking lot and drive through uh, literally at the edge of the building, essentially, is this giant gully of or, you know, river that flowed through the, the Taco Bell sign actually, um, I guess that doesn't qualify as a building, uh, was swept away with uh, the water and knocked over rather. Um, now that most of the water's moved into the portage and, and out, uh, it's just a lot of mud and mess. 
um, there was a state of uh, what disaster, not an emergency. Uh, local local folks declared an emergency, obviously, but then the state level they just declared a uh, a disaster. So I think the National Guard and a few other folks are headed up there to fix the roads. Fortunately, my, my mother's house that's up there was not impacted. Uh, she's on a pretty big hill where she's at um, on M26 on, on the Houghton, on the uh, Hancock side. Um, but uh, her house is fine. No damage. Uh, both sides of the road, however, which historically has always had cars on it, uh, were washed out. So uh, for the first time in probably hundreds, well, not hundreds, more than 100 years, though, I, I will say that for the first time in more than 100 years, there wasn't a car that drove through Mason. Um, wow. Just because theoretically, as long as there have been cars there, um, I can almost guarantee one went down that road. I will bet that is the first time in more than 100 years that a car did not come down M26 um, uh, at least once during the day. So so could this have been prevented at all? Or is this just such an epic of like... No, on the Arkley type rainstorm, that there's nothing you could do about it. That's, yeah, that's a frankly, lot of rain. We, we don't know. I mean, it's, it's, I, we were, Megan and I were discussing that and, and looking at the pictures and kind of in awe of everything that was going on. And uh, she's a civil engineer, but uh, apparently that's not her specific specialty. She, she was explaining it, but she does have a friend uh, who, who, who works in, you know, the sewer water and the sewer piping kind of situation. So um, we were talking about that with respect to is it a, you know, once in a hundred years, once in a thousand years, or was something wrong? And especially with uh, Agate Street they had been replacing the the sewers and the piping while we were still in college so hypothetically this is this is supposed to be you know brand new brand spanking good looking stuff that should be able to handle anything normal so unless something was done incorrectly i have to assume that it was a a freak storm that came through and dumped uh well beyond what would ever be a normal expected amount of water um which is almost funny because my mother said yeah she she went to a movie the night before uh oceans eight or whatever the the girl power one for oceans 11 uh, or ocean. seems fitting i actually oceans. want to see that i like those movies um but uh she saw that and then she went home and went to bed and uh evidently she recognized that it was raining but outside of that never really had an issue but um the, the 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 pictures if you get a chance to search um you know houghton uh torrential rains or houghton flooding uh houghton washouts and sinkholes um there's there's some pretty cool stuff out there uh again it's only cool because no one got hurt a lot of money lost but um hopefully everyone who was hurt has insurance but um the views from the drone footage were especially um cool with respect to being able to go directly over everything uh, the one that's by the Taco Bell, I think, was was the coolest to me. Uh, not because I love Taco Bell, but I do. Um, but more importantly, because the uh, the drone was able to be right over the source of water. And you actually see on one side of the road uh, that was partially washed out, there's like a vortex uh, of, of the water spiraling and sucking everything in. And then on the other side of the road, some what I'm going to estimate is uh, 50 yards away, maybe 40. Um you see water popping out and exploding out and it was just mind-boggling me for me to to picture the pipe and or the natural tunnel that was essentially created um by all of that water and everything being sucked down and um there were people walking in the parking lots right next to the area that was washed out and i'm sitting here thinking why are you anywhere near that while this much water is flowing it can still get washed out i mean especially in the early morning hours um you know before noonish uh, the water was still you know just flowing down at a crazy rate and it, it could still wash something out if you get sucked into that there's no way it's a straight shot there's no way you're going to be able to hold your breath or not get caught on something and then hope you get spit out the other side in one piece uh it was scary to think I mean, about but whoopsie running water in general is super crazy it's it's a lot of force water is a lot more dense than people expect it i think even like an inch of running water can knock somebody off their feet and a foot can sweep a car away 
So it, it, it is, it's crazy how much force nature has in general, especially with flooding and running waters. Oh, absolutely. I, I think one thing too, that's always insane to me is just how people underestimate how a, a flood is like you always hear, Oh, it's flooding and people are out there on my, their rafts and their kayaks. And it's just like, you're on a street and it's like, it's kind of cool. But at the same time, it's like, do you realize how dangerous that could potentially be? You know, all you need is for maybe (laughs) unless you die and then it's not worth it. Things where they have like people in the background, the reporter, the reporter's like, it's so dangerous out here, blah, blah, blah. And there's people in the background, like running around, skipping and screaming and having a good time. That's always funny. Pretty much. Yeah. There's rain in the street. It's a pond. It's like, no, it's a flowing death water. I don't know. It's just, it, I never got that. I saw, I People saw, never make the right decision. I remember seeing one where the reporter's trying to like, they're like kneeling in the water or something like that to make it look like it's way worse than it is. And the guy walks right behind her. It's like, it's like ankle deep. Oh, <laughs> uh, that reminds me of, uh, there's a CNN thing probably five years ago, maybe more now, where they're trying to show something that was happening in two different states, but they deduce or some viewer deduced that it was actually, they were in the same parking lot and they said they were in two completely different locations, but they're just in one giant parking lot recording like two people corresponding back and forth. Back to you, Phil. Phil. It's like, oh no, Phil is literally like just across like a couple of stalls down. They just turned the camera. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. It was to the the home the the camera just flips around quick if if i may as an accountant that that makes me quite proud i I would call that budget reporting if i've ever seen it oh definitely on a budget all right Uh, if we can circle back to the uh the the water running in in houghton uh the last note i'll share on it it was it was uh, again very good to see that there were no major injuries uh no deaths as far as i'm aware um, if there were any, um, that's sad news and, uh, you know, hope, hopes and thoughts and prayers with, with the individuals affected, um, outside of, you know, deaths and injury, um, it will be interesting to see how the area recovers. Uh, that was another discussion Megan and I were having looking at, um, especially near all those businesses, uh, the buildings, I don't know if you need to tear those down or how do you fill in, um, the, the, the now, ravine that goes through uh, a very um a very uh commercial area do you fill that in with gravel do you try and stop future flows do you build a bridge where a road once stood without need of a bridge i i, I would be very curious just to, I, I like learning about that kind of stuff how do you how do you fix something like that after a disaster does what are the lasting impacts you know do you not do you not build along that spillway? Do you have to tear down again those buildings? Um, and, and how long will that that storm have have scars on the Copper Country? It'll be it'll be interesting to see, and especially um, you know the, there's only two lane roads for most of the uh, the Copper Country as it stands. When you have construction uh, once every couple of years, it's it's bad enough. Well, that many areas hit, you're going to have a lot of temporary roads, and it'll be interesting to see how it gets all pieced together. But but it's crazy with engineering stuff in general, how like the, the levees in, uh, was it? Yeah. Like, uh, um, wow. Blanking, um, New Orleans where they're like, Oh, like it's in protect us against, you know, 99.9% of the storms. And then the, the 0.1% storm hits and it's like, Oh, okay. Now we're going to re-engineer and make it better. So it, it's always a cost thing initially. Uh, it's kind of funny to go through and all these, preventative measures that people typically, you know, they're like, Oh, scientists were talking about it for years, but they just never did it because money. So it, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing they'll set up something that can now handle those floods uh, up to the 99.99 percentile storm. Yeah. It's just one of those things that it, it's, it's sad when uh, there's, especially when it's not a crazy storm where it should have handled it and it just was never, uh, utilities or whatever weren't repaired or maintained to the point that they should have been because of uh, money or, you know, money got in the way of uh, concern for 
people's safety. Uh, I don't know if that was the case in this particular uh, situation, but it, it's always interesting to look at those uh, when they come up and be like, okay, how big, how freak of a storm was this and could have been prevented in the first place. The, the individual I think I'd, I'd like to talk to or pick their brain if, if I ever had the opportunity is I'd love to meet someone who plans and I'm sure it's a group of people and there's a lot to consider, but whoever leads or whoever plans post disaster, when you have a new Orleans, when you have even again, this is relatively small scale. Let's not compare those. It's not fair, but for, for the sake of this discussion, I will, you have a new Orleans, you have a Houghton situation, you have a disaster of a scale that is, is, is monstrous. Again, those two aren't really comparable, but forgive me on that one. Um, when you have something like that happen, I'd like to meet someone whose job it is to to put all of that back together. And I would I would be curious what that individual is like, what experiences they have, where they can look at a disaster of any scale and say, yep, that's what happened. And here's how we're going to fix everything uh, from the from the cleanup to the um, you know, recreating the, the, the basis of, of everything that went through there, the city planning, the sewers, the, the electrical, and I mean, new money, new technology, you can, you know, soup everything up, but to take it all the way from disaster cleanup and, and relief to uh, rebuilding a city or in, in Houghton's case, rebuilding, uh, the, the one nice area that has all the modern things, um, <laughs> you know, someone who can visualize, that process step for step and walk through it uh, that'd be that'd be cool and i know there may not be one person but if there ever was that'd be just to pick their brain and understand how their how their mind works and how they have the experience to walk step for step or step step by step through through that entire um relief effort to to recreate everything that was and and make it even better um that'd be kind of cool all right so on that note on that note, uh, Kyle, sorry, Kyle, you've been um, kind of traveling around over what some people think is phenomenal architecture and city planning. Um, what are some things on your honeymoon that's impressed you in terms of like you've looked at it and said, wow, that's really cool, or I can't believe they made that, or oh my gosh, like this is one of the ways. Actually, one like- thing that you meant that came to mind the moment you, you said that was uh, Rome. So their public transportation, um, unlike other European uh, areas, the Rome public transportation is surprisingly not as good as others. And that's primarily because of the ancient uh, ruins and uh, buildings and whatnot there that they don't want to disturb or mess with. So like a lot, they really, they only have three uh, subway lines in the entire city, which is apparently very, very, very low for that big of a city and that dense of a city. And uh, the city itself, it, size-wise, is about as big as London. And there's different areas that are uh, restricted to building heights and whatnot, especially around the special monuments. Um, but it, it, they can't put in new subway lines to make it a more modern city because of all the old buildings and they don't want to disturb anything. And plus all the stuff that is there is, is crazy uh, old and, you know, you, you disturb it a little bit and you have the very high potential of ruining it. So I think that's one thing that was kind of interesting about Rome and the architecture in general was, you know, it's all super cool to look at, but it's because of that, it's also kind of affecting the people's way of life there because it, they can't, update the lifestyle to a more modern lifestyle so going around rome it's like uh, they'll either take a really expensive taxi because taxis were crazy expensive in rome uber is not allowed so the for us to get across the city it was actually surprisingly cheaper than i thought it was like 25 bucks to get across the city a lot of the um taxis from the airport to the center of rome were like 60 70 bucks or Euro to get to the center of Rome from the train station. It wasn't that far of a drive. We ended up taking the train, uh, above ground train, that was still 12 Euro each, just oh, to get in the yes. middle of the city, which was definitely the way to go as far as cheapness. But it's just like, dang, like uh, Juliana, her cousin, I guess, 
cousin now as well, uh, lives in Rome. And uh, her and her friend kind of took us around the city, kind of showed us some sites that you wouldn't normally see as a uh, tourist, per se. And one of the things that uh, her cousin's friend was saying is that uh, they, they just can't build any of the, any new subway lines because of all the architecture and they don't want to disturb it. It was actually, uh, the friend was actually an architect too. So that was kind of cool. He was kind of explaining uh, some of the building's meanings. And like, for example, on, in this one uh, plaza, there was a, a building that was made and there was a huge fountain, or not a huge fountain, but like a, a fountain in middle uh, statue and uh, uh, I'm trying to think, they're in Egypt, the things that go straight up in the, in the sky. A pyramid. A sphinx. No, nope, not a pyramid. They're like, no, bikes. Obelisk. They're like, they're like spikes. Obelisk. obelisk that's the word. There's like an obelisk on a with a four uh, statues all around it, and uh, it was two different architects that made it. So they actually like wanted to tell a story. So the architect that made the obelisk had you know four famous writers or whatever on it, and the ones kind of like not wanting to look up at the building, which was a church, and then uh, they then had the, uh, to put a statue on the church of Mother Mary to like kind of complete the story. It, and it was kind of cool how like as they build new things, they try to incorporate it into the old things as well to tell a story in the city with the architecture. That's kind of like a thing that I've noticed too with any sort of area that has tourist attractions. So um, this isn't quite Rome by any scale, but walking around the zoo, which has been around for a long time, you like you notice like the way exhibits are and the way the paths go, it's like you have to walk around the exhibits. You're not, you can't go through them. You can't make like the most, you know, it's, it's easy to just go a straight path, but it's like, no, you have to go kind of weave around and do some circles because you, you don't want to disturb the area, the spaces that have what people are coming to see. So it's an interesting thing where, you know, you have this really nice attraction, but then you also have, hey, look at this travel thing you know what what do you, what gives you know do you you say well i'm going to be the most efficient travel i can be or am i going to be the most interesting thing to look at it's it's a good balance tough balance all right so excellent yeah i want to touch on just a quick point and then we'll probably wrap this up but i recently went to a concert um it was really fun really great um, if you've never gone to a concert, like a live a concert of a group that you don't know too much about, like maybe you only know a song or two, um, and just kind of go from an outside observer's perspective, it's incredibly interesting. Um, but one thing that really kind of bugged me and something I've noticed to all the different musical concerts I've ever been to is every single one always seems to have an encore. And that just bugs it. Like... They leave stage and come back to play songs that they could have easily played in the main part because they're some of their biggest songs, but they're saving them so they get an encore. And it's just like, is that necessary to have an encore after every single concert? I think for a lot of concerts, it's if I don't, I don't think it's every single concert. I guess I've only been to a handful. I guess now that you say that the ones I have, they have done an encore, but my guess would be that it, it's kind of up to the musicians if they're, if they're feeling it and they'll also kind of how many extra songs they want to play. Um, if, if they're feeling it and the crowd's loving them and they're giving them a lot of energy and, you know, good vibes that, you know, live performances feed off of that. They're not getting good vibes. They might come back one song for their encore just to get, get, get on with it. But I know when, uh, Julian and I, we went to watch um, train, uh, train concert, and yeah, those guys came back on, and they played for another like half hour, 45 minutes. And it's like, damn, but it's, they had good vibes and kept it going. So I don't know, that's kind of cool. I think the encore is expected. However, uh, my guess would be that the, they have a set uh, time they're required to play, and the encore is literally just the extra and for them, it's up to how how well they're liking the audience or how well the audience is responding. I don't know. Maybe Nick has more experience with concerts than me. 
unfortunately, I, I don't have more experience, but I would agree with your initial statement of the, the concert is almost definitely, as long as it's required to be per the contract, per whatever, um, and the encore is, is extra. Um, live performances being what they are, and you've probably only been to a handful that, that were probably pretty big names and or were in areas where uh, there were a lot of fans because typically only you know fans go to see um, their their favorite bands or you know whatever groups play. Um, I I can't imagine seeing it or happening or it happening, but I'm I'm sure at some point in time that um, there was a band that went out didn't play all that well and they were you know everyone appreciated them, but they had to have finished up. And, and then gone off the stage and, you know, we're willing to do an encore, but the, the crowd wasn't loving them that much. Like you, you could, I'm sure bands that are starting out that, that are um, average probably have that happen uh, on a pretty regular basis with respect to um, you go out, you perform, you do your set. People enjoyed it. They thank you when you go off, but then as soon as you're off, the applause stops um, in a situation like that if they come out and do an encore, it's one of those where you're basically walking away or you're tuned out and then they jump back in. If you ever see that, I think that would be weird. But as long as, as, as you guys phrased it, the crowd is feeling it, the band is feeling it, um, that, that relationship, that energy passing from, from one to the other back and forth um, will almost always feed an encore. And, you know, maybe if they're super experienced or, um, they're, they're an older band their encore might only be a couple songs because they've, they've done this a billion times. I mean, you can't, you can't say that this time they're 100 millionth time or, you know, the way, way too high of a number, but there's, you know, 1000th show, they're not probably going to do an encore. That's as long. They'll do an encore if they're loved and they played well, of course, there'll be an encore. That's, that's normal. That's the standard and people want them to play, but, I think if you get a, a younger, newer band, um, those guys and girls, because we don't want to be sexist, uh, could could go for an additional hour and, and or more because they're so excited. They're so passionate. They've got that energy. They've they're, they're living off of that. Not that older artists don't have that. Um, I would say they're less they're less likely to to go the distance as far as a super long encore. And, but, and if I may, uh, though. I think there are bands. Yeah, I, and, and the thing is, like, that doesn't bug me as much. I completely agree. Like, if the energy is going and they're going beyond their allotted time. But in this case, at least for the concert I was at, it's one of those things where, hey, the concert ends at 8.30. And that's like, that you know the concert's done at 8.30. And that's 8.15. And they are getting off and then come back and play two more songs. It's like, well... You still ended at eight thirty. You just are literally leaving, so you can come back and do an encore. It just—it seems like it's uh, we're gonna do an encore for the sake of having an encore, but we really like don't. You know, it's just—it's more of a tradition, or it, there's not any of that. Like we're giving you more energy. It's just we're gonna leave the stage for a little bit and come back, and we don't even care how long you clap for. It's so just expected. Bigger band or a no-name band? Uh, it was. Because it sounds like a no-name. It was a big band. It was uh, the Violent Femmes, which sing "Blister in the Sun." Uh, if you don't know that song, you should listen to it. It's awesome. Um, highly entertaining concert. They were kind of bigger in like they started in the eighties, like nineteen eighty, and they're kind of bigger through that. Um, but I mean, it's it's a bigger. It's a group from Milwaukee, actually, but it's a bigger band. There was it was a sold out show. Hmm. Yeah, it was weird. It was just it was just like why why are you leaving? Just just stay. Bugged me. Well I think the like the new band version of that would be if they try out new material. Where they're like, hey, they play like their standards, especially if they're doing a uh forgot what it's called, but you, you do the, the pre you warm up the crowd for the main act or whatever. Uh, I think when they want to try new material, that's kinda of like the new band version of an encore. I think that's probably a little better uh, of a compliment to the audience of, you know, the musician and the audience feeling each other is like, Hey, I've done my standard stuff. You guys are obviously liking it. I'm going to try something new, go with it to, you know, get a crowd reaction off of that too. 
So, so what I, what I will say is they did have the greatest encore song. They sang a song that of theirs, but basically the whole gist of it was, please don't go. Please don't go. Like, we want you to stay. And, I mean, it was obviously meant to be for a girl, but it just worked out perfectly as everyone's, like, everyone with the little kids were walking out, and they're like, no, don't go. Like, please don't go. It's just um, it was it was it was pretty funny. <laughs> I was just like, oh yeah, that makes sense. All right, well, I guess we're not gonna have an encore today because once this is over, it's over. So, Kyle, you wanna give us our closing segment? If sure, I may, the closing segment, the closing oh. segment oh, should be led by the host. Oh, oh boy, yeah. yeah. Okay, so I I have a question for you guys. Um, what would if you could like have one skill that you like you don't have right now, but you like just instantly get it like you get that ten thousand um, hours of practice in and you're just like phenomenal at it. What what would that be? What would you what would you want? Yeah. So for me, I think I, I was kind of thinking of, I, I had kind of two examples. One is more practical. I would say is like all of a sudden becoming an expert at the stock market. I feel like that would be an ideal thing to all of a sudden be just super expert on, uh, you know, everything that you need to know about the stock market that would definitely be uh, useful in life. Uh, the second one I would say as more of a practice, as a less practical, more fun would be flying, whether that's uh, either a flying a plane, instantly know how to fly a plane or uh, B. The other, my, the other thought I had was like those uh, squirrel suits instantly uh, become like right. super, super good at flying those like parachuting squirrel suits and be able to do that just instantly know exactly what to do. That would be super fun. Those are both pretty good examples. Um, I, I, I had two initial thoughts as well. The, uh, the skill, if, if we're saying skill, you know, I, I would jump to superpower just cause that's my thought and, had a couple options go through my head. The classics, um, teleportation, flying, um, healing, like your Wolverine or something like that. All, all those skills would be cool. Um, my personal personal favorite would probably be instant teleportation, just the ability to be anywhere. Um, you know, you don't like the weather. You don't like where you're at or you, you don't want to <laughs> – you want fresh coffee from wherever. Just boom, gone, right back. Awesome. Um just that kind of movement would be would be awesome. Um, the more practical yeah, instant, would, teleportation. instant teleportation, you basically have flying as well because you can just go like teleport, 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 like really quickly, and you can basically fly at the same time. Oh, it's so much work! So much work. Would you keep your acceleration though or velocity? So, like, if you that teleported really high up. Yeah, or can you choose your velocity teleportation? Because, yeah, hypothetically, what do you do? Do you, if you're falling and you fall a couple hundred feet, can you teleport, like, to somewhere else? Or when you teleport yourself, does your momentum continue? Uh, these are, you know, hypotheticals that don't matter, but <laughs> interesting trains of thought. And, yes, I, I, I do wonder that same stuff in my bored moments. As far as a more practical skill, uh, what is one skill you wish you had that you don't? Um, I, I'm past my athletic prime as far as being able to play in the NBA or, or play in the NFL. So um, we'll take the athletic aspects out of it. The The skill I, I wish I, I had that I don't would be uh, people skills. Um, I, I'm, I'm pretty good in, in a lot of ways in communicating and dealing with people, but I, I look at it from that angle. I, I deal with people. I, I communicate when I need to, and I can, I can be super friendly and be awesome. But, um, you know, there are, there are certain people in life and you can probably pick out one or two. If you just were to pinpoint someone who's impacted your life or like, wow, yeah, I only ever talked to him once or twice, but, uh, he was, he was awesome. He was fun. He was great to be around. Um, you know, people skills like that, where, where you're just a likable person, where you're always someone who uh, someone else wants to hang out with. Um, now that may be more than one skill, certainly, but, um, that's kind of skill set where it's so easy to make friends. It's so easy to connect with people. And I, I, again, think I'm good in a lot of ways, but, 
um, th there's there's ways to improve that are that are well beyond anything I'll ever be. Where you're that guy who just gets the invite to go on the millionaire's yacht. You're that guy who's like. Oh yeah! By the way, I fly helicopters, and uh, oh, you have a helicopter? Oh, hey, let's go fly it! Like, just that kind of access and, and people skills, where you're just that guy who's who's involved with everything and, and does may, all this cool stuff. If I may, having a and, helicopter, like having people skills and being able to fly a helicopter, are two totally separate skills. Okay, but that was no. no I think the top. You'd have, a, you'd have a people skill where if you knew a guy with a helicopter, he'd go up to him, make friends, and then you know be able to jump on his helicopter pretty much whenever because he's good exactly. friends with him automatically. Oh, that'd exactly. be cool. Having seen yachts in the sound, being pilot would be good too. Oh my gosh! But like on my runs, I see like yachts every once in a while. It's just like, oh, how did I become friends with that guy? That'd be great. See, I want to go on my boat. I want to go on the boat. Like Kyle's on the boat. Uh, I guess the skill I go with in the case of beer. Yeah, I'll bring beer. You bring the million dollar boat. Deal. That sounds fair. fair. <laughs> yeah, thirty rack, of course. Um, I guess for skill, I'd go with golf. I mean, it's just one of those things where I never want to go golfing because I suck at it, and it's like, why would I pay money to do something I suck at? Um, which is kind of a very negative feedback loop of not good at golf. Don't go golfing. Don't get better at golf so forth and so forth and it's not like it's a game that interests me terribly much but it's one of those where like if i was actually good at it i think i could get into it a lot you're outside you're walking around you're have a good level of competition it just seems like a pretty cool skill if when we ever retire and we're in the same area i vote we have an if i may golf league every like once once or twice a week we get <laughs> together and have uh play golf on a, on a given day I'd be down for that. Come in. Retirement goals. I've got them. Dibs driving the golf cart. There you go. You can drive. I'll uh, drive. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, oh, just, 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 nope, nope. I'm doing it. All, All right. right. You're driving. I'm drinking. Well, fair enough. Fair enough. I Driving is the best part, though. So. I want to do like, there's like the polo. I want to do like truck polo. Have you seen that? Or like you have the, yeah. the driver and the passengers in the. On the side, and he has the they're playing polo, but with like trucks. I've seen uh, real life Rocket League where they have a giant soccer ball. The goalie is a, uh, a construction uh, pickup arm, like in the sandbox, except the giant version. Um, and they play like That's they play soccer with old minivans that are somehow running but barely, and they play with the giant soccer ball. And the goaltender is yeah, the construction equipment. So. Um, those were kind of cool. Now, completely impractical. Your vehicle would get hit once and <laughs> shut down. And that's why I get a beater. He has to not kill anybody. And there's no run. No. But well, that'd be fun. With that, I'm going to steal Brent's clothes and say oh. that was episode five of If I May. I hope you all enjoyed. We will be coming out with a new podcast every Thursday. Uh, you can now find us anywhere you listen to podcasts, and we will see you next time. And follow us on Twitter.